everyone, and welcome back to Technical Difficulties, the podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and today I have my good friend, Shannon Jeffrey, who is an actress and filmmaker and also musician. Yeah. I don't know if that's the, because there's like, you know, there's like producer, there's like musician, there's composer. So I don't know what category you find yourself in, but. Yeah, definitely. I would say musician um, most often because, yeah, I think about it as like a, a filmmaker, you know, in a certain extent, like, you know, someone who is a music enthusiast is like a, a musician, technically, you know, someone who's inspired by music or invested in the structure and mm. dynamics. So, um, yeah, I would I would definitely say musician just overall. Okay. Yeah. Because you do play uh you do play instruments, right? Like I think I think you mentioned you playing piano. Yeah. Before piano, flute, ukulele. Um wow. I'm trying yeah. I would love to learn saxophone. That's my new project. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's my new project. Okay, just being a sax saxophonist. Oh yeah. I don't know if that's the the correct term. I don't know either. I I could Google it later. Um, <laughs> but right. Yeah. But yeah, welcome. Um, so glad to have you on. And I also wanted to because my goal with this show is I want to be sponsored by Capri Sun. So we're starting off the show with um, Capri Sun, um, which is made with all natural ingredients. So I highly recommend if you're thirsty and you want something that's, you know, all natural and, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff now. There's like Juicy Juice and um, I don't know, what do kids drink now? Sunny D, yeah. you know, that stuff, it, it has like a bunch of like fake stuff in it. Capri Sun is the real deal. So you just really need to go pick some up. That tastes like my childhood summer. Right. Strawberry kiwi. It's good. Oh, I have the same one. Nice. So... Also, I do wish to apologize to the audience if you can hear. Um, we are recording in my living room and my cats, who I've mentioned previously, are roaming about and might be whining because they think it's close to dinner, which is not correct. So if you do hear them, that is that is what that <laughs> whining is. It's not me. Um, so they want Capri Sun too. Yeah, they are they are just jealous. They're not getting any. So I am I do apologize, kids. I know you've mentioned that you have a lot of like projects and things you're you've been working on and like some things you can't talk about. But um, what I'd like to kind of what I'd like to learn more about regarding the projects, like what are you most excited about as far as like the different hats you get to wear? Because you know, as like a a writer, director, editor, you know, actor, whatnot, where that initial spark began, like what made you want to start making films and like trying to tell stories. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that for years now, I've always kind of defined myself as the cinematographer or the camera operator, you know, like the camera department is like kind of what I've, um, always leaned on, um, or leaned toward. Um, but I'm very much recently because of like, thanks to you know, quarantine, all the remote stuff, is that, like, a lot of people are looking for remote editors, and um, when I found this opportunity to be, like, um, a film editor for uh, a short film that I'm working on right now, I, um, you know, I was kind of like, oh, I wish I could have been the cinematographer for this, but, like, I've really, I've liked the process so far of being their editor, because it, it really is just a lot of your influence too. Um, and I've noticed that a little bit in film school, but like once you dive deep and you're someone else's editor, um, you can change things up. You can take out lines. You can, you can make a scene like a completely different vibe than how it was originally intended. And that's like so interesting because you get to really like show the director an entirely different avenue that something could go into where they thought previously you know it was just it was already set in stone because they filmed it it's this is the way it is this is how it's going to be the editor can kind of be like well let me give you something else that's a bit of a twist um a new expression if you will of the same 
scene and that's like that's really cool i love seeing the reaction of the director in that sense so i've grown to like editing way more um uh and then i think we were talking about like you know going back into uh like how i started yeah so that a little bit so it sounds like um so even though you're like you're editing mm-hmm. like more recently, but like you do have a passion for like being behind the camera. Um, has that has that always been like was that like your first venture into filmmaking? Was it like did your friend enlist you like, hey, can you like shoot this? And then you became fascinated? Or was it just like just the concept itself of like making a movie? It actually started so early. <laughs> um, my parents not even really thinking that this was going to be like the best Christmas gift um, ever that they were ever going to give me. They gave me this tiny, like microscopic type of size camcorder that just, you know, it was smaller than the palm of my hand practically. And I thought it was so cool. And I was filming everything and my sisters were in on it too. My brother was interested. Like, we all just started filming things together and I got obsessed with that. I loved making little skits and um, scenes with my siblings and, you know, showing it to my family. I was doing that at Christmas parties and like, you know, in family gatherings in general, I was just like, let's make a video with my cousins. And um, so, yeah, I think that like, you know, a lot of my friends actually had that similar experience too. So it's kind of funny looking back at all of our videos. <laughs> yeah, you had the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like I mentioned in, because um, I did an episode where I talk about my film journey and that's actually where I started because I inherited my grandpa's camcorder. Oh, cool. And right away we just made like really silly, like, you know, videos where we just like made fun of like commercials and stuff yeah. and like <laughs> just being goofs on camera. But and that's how it was too. It was like, you know, we'd have like friends or like cousins over and we'd want to like shoot, you know, oh, let's go outside and like make a movie. Yeah. And so we'd go outside and like shoot some like ridiculous thing. And it was, <laughs> it was always a blast. Awesome. Yeah, I know. It's like, that's probably like one of my biggest memories of like my childhood is going over to my friend's house and just being like, hey, let's make a video. Let's make, you know, a different episode of our same, you know, TV series or whatever that we have going on. Um <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think what's kind of sad, like, looking back at it, too, um, is that growing up, I always kept, like, everything art-related um, more at, like, an arm's distance because I was constantly told by a lot of people, not my parents or, you know, people particularly close to me, but, like, you know, just some teachers or, like, you know... Um, counselors school counselors you know they would give you the general talk where it's like oh you want to find something practical and stable with your life and I know that they mean well when people say that but I took that to heart um and I never really thought that acting or filmmaking or like even venturing into like music was going to get me that far um or help me find a way to like take care of myself (laughs) so I didn't get to venture into it until I was about in my second semester of college and I think that that's when I took an internship and I really wanted to kind of get to know myself more and what I was really like happy or like you know excited about doing for the rest of my life you know not just a job where I can work to live you know (laughs) Um, but like, you know, one that I actually just, I couldn't wait to go back to and like work. And I know that that's kind of like the American dream type of thing, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so I did that and I realized I really want to go into filmmaking and I had a lot of support of my friends. Um, I had a girl, um, who we, I've known her since middle school and her name was Jess and she was in the Oakland University film program and she was like telling me about it and I was like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna switch my major so um after you know a full semester of watching behind the scenes you know and doing like that while also doing like general education requirement 
<laughs> classes during that semester, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into this. And that's when I decided, like, I, I need to pursue this. So I was doing like everything I can. I was, um, around the same time I was doing auditions. Um, I was getting some work, but mainly diving far into schoolwork. Um, at the same time and it was just it I, I felt like I was doing a complete 180 and I never really want to look back on my high school moment where I was like I really enjoy doing this I love being a performer I love being in I was in marching band and color guard for a little bit and I oh, loved okay. the acting side of that and the music side of that too I loved them both and um but then thinking this is all going to be over. I'm going to have to stop doing this because I don't have time to do that. I'm going to have to find something more practical to do with my life. And then I, I changed that mindset into, no, music is important. Film is important. You know, like all this stuff like that. Um, you know, that all came kind of flooding in that one semester of college. And I'm very grateful for that. Now I'm a filmmaker. So, right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had that moment because... <laughs> Like, I've definitely been there, you know, like a few times where you're like, is this really like a viable option for me to do this? You know, because it's like, there's, I mean, especially now, a lot of people can make films and like put them in festivals and like put them on YouTube and like things are a lot more accessible now. So it's like, how, how do you make it in like this, this type of environment where it's like, there's so many great people out there who are like very inspiring and they're making like incredible stuff. And it's like, well, how can my, you know, how can I do what I want to do and like make a living from it? Or like, how can I like kind of like stack up against that? And what I've learned personally is just like really exploring yourself and like who you are as a person and like an artist. And the, the fact that you have all these outlets it's really good to have not just one thing like because I feel like a lot of people say you got to pick like one thing and just like and just go all in and everything yeah. and I disagree with that because like like lately you know I've told you but like you know I, I started making music last year and mm -hmm. it's been like like amazing to like hear what you're able to do and you know thinking on all the years where I just wasn't doing it and it's like I'm really glad that I kind of rediscovered that yeah um so it's like you have to kind of get to the core of like what you're doing because because it's really like everything you're doing is kind of like telling you what kind of person you are and like kind of what you're looking for in like life. Mm -hmm. You have all these like different areas that you've been able to kind of plug yourself into. And you've mentioned something that's resonated with me is you mentioned like like COVID and like lockdown, mm -hmm. because for me, that was a big turning point for me as well where I found myself, you know, we're all kind of like forced to be indoors and we like can't go out. Right. So it's like, what do I do with myself? And as an artist, like we do have a desire to express ourselves. Yeah. So I think that's really cool that you've been able to through this and like this whole weirdness with like the remote stuff and like <laughs> everything just like being completely changed, like drastically. Yeah. And you've learned to adapt. And that's a really, that's a really powerful tool to have is be, to be able to adapt, but also like adapt and like find ways that you can still do the things that you're, uh, you know, passionate about mm. and whether it's like one thing or another, like you seem like you're, you're still like gravitating towards like this desire to like express yourself. Yeah. At least that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, definitely. I think that like. I feel like all artists want that in some way. And I, I totally understand, like, you know, it's difficult to not replicate other people's stories. But the pe for the people who are intentionally trying to, my advice for them is to, like, actually, I got, I got some really good advice from a documentarian um, who came to visit a class one time. And he said he advised all of us, in fact, he said, just even if you don't feel like you need it, therapy is so good for artists because it helps them understand what story they have to tell. And 
I totally get that because I've I've always believed in the fact that everybody has their own story that nobody else can tell. And um, I think, you know, in, in terms of answering the question of, well, what's the point in this? Why am I doing this? Well, it's because your story is important, you know? And if you're too busy trying to be like, Quentin Tarantino or whoever that you think is one of the greats, then you're totally missing out on the opportunity to be the first version of you, you know, like the first you. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I definitely, I, I greatly appreciate you saying that, like, you know, my, my content so far and like my, um, my art has been very genuine because I hope so. I always want to come off as like, genuine but first and foremost I always want to communicate my own personal story and see who else resonates with it and relates to it too so because I know there are people out there who who do you know and they see their they see something a little bit of them in my story too because we're all human after all we're all related to each other and you know emotionally I guess so um yeah so I'm I'm very grateful for that so thank you for saying that yeah, of course. And um, that, which makes me want to bring up your film. Uh, it's, it's just called Banana Splits, right? Yeah. Okay. Banana Split. Um, oh, Banana Split. There's that, because there's that like horror movie, I think it's called the Banana Splits yeah. film or like, something like that. So like, and they came out, you, both your films came out around the same time. So right. like, I apologize. But like your film, it does actually, and I'm sorry if this is a spoiler, but it does involve a Banana Split. Yes. So tell me about, um, well, first off, you're more than welcome to kind of like intro introduce your film and just kind of like go into it. But I am curious about that banana split. Sure. Aspect. <laughs> um, oh man, there's a lot. <laughs> I thought about it a lot. So, um, it was actually, you know, what's so funny. I'm going to get so expository about myself and what happened in the process of making this film, but I'm ready for it um i mean this is the place for it yeah <laughs> um so i had started the first draft of that film uh in early 2020 in like the first couple of months of 2020 like i would say january um and it was for um it, it was for my thesis class and so it was just supposed to be my film thesis that i would have time to work on over the course of like a few months um and when COVID hit, my professor kind of came to the realization that, or he, he immediately knew and acknowledged the fact that we probably weren't going to have an opportunity to finish our films, which he felt more sad for us <laughs> um, than, you know, disappointed, I guess. But, uh, and we're all very sad for ourselves because <laughs> we all wanted to finish our films, obviously. But, um, uh, it started out like in January, it started out as like a horror film. So it's kind of oh. funny. Yeah, I, I, didn't, a, I did not get that. No, yeah. Vibe at all. <laughs> Good. I'm glad because it didn't end up being that at all. But it was definitely a scary, dark story. Um, and the first draft was very poetic. It was just like, something about a forest and that being the representation of her mind and you know there's a character in it that is an owl that's perched it was very like almost experimental and dark <laughs> and um I wanted I still kind of wanted to have that story of like going into the next phase of life and you know the the fear of that in of the unknowing and stuff like that and um, quarantine hit, like COVID hit and we were all just stuck at home and my professor said, just hand in everything you have. Um, and I agreed with, I made an agreement with my professor that he would let me borrow the equipment for the summer, um, and just stay in communication with all the other students and see if they needed equipment or if they were going to work with me, stuff like that. Cause we still wanted to make a film. And I was going over the draft one day um, in the late spring, I'd say, and I was thinking like, you know what? I don't want this to be a scary movie because I don't want to tell 
a bunch of teenagers that were about to go into college or a bunch of, you know, early 20 year olds who were leaving college, um, that it's scary to go into the next phase. I, I didn't want to tell them that because first of all, that's inevitable. And second of all, I, um, I just don't agree with it. <laughs> it's not that scary. It's, it's hopeful and it's exciting. And, you know, you don't always lose your friends. Um, when, when stuff like that happens. So I rewrote it entirely. Um, and I was very inspired by my small town, especially because I was stuck there. <laughs> I wasn't going anywhere. You know, we were in quarantine. I was in my house, you know, in the place that I grew up in. And, um, I, I just rewrote it based off of the vibe and the aesthetic of, of that t town that I grew up in. And, um, it, it just kind of blossomed from there and it became more of a coming of age, uh, slightly comedic type of thing. And then it was heavenly and heavily inspired by my actors too. Once I recasted my actors and got them to agree to come in, um, and film this over the course of two weeks, um, I, I started rewriting the characters a little bit and started kind of shaping them to be more of who they were because I could see them bonding already. Um, so it was just, it was, it was a lot of fun just kind of seeing it come together. And I think that I'm always going to be looking back at this project as like, you know, on a scale from one to 10, 10 being the banana split experience because it was just so, I'm so grateful for it. I cried on the last day of set because it, it was just, it, it was emotional. Like I, I was sleep deprived of course, but it was such a great experience. And it reminded me of like why I'm doing this, you know, and why I'm willing to struggle as an artist to, to go through this because I'm lucky enough to have the time and have the people around me who see my potential to like, to, to do this with me. And that was really cool. So that's kind of the general, like the gist the timeline basically of it um but you want to hear about the banana split <laughs> oh yeah so so you've gone into the you've gone into like the production stage and like how it began but yeah. like do you do you want to give like a little synopsis and then also i definitely want to know where this banana split um <laughs> factored in and also was that originally a part of it or like how did that how did that come about? Sure. Um, so the synopsis is basically, it follows our main girl. Her name, her name is Ronnie. I actually casted my younger sister, uh, not only because she's a talented actress, but um, because, uh, you know, we were also like quarantining together. So it was kind of reducing the exposure a little bit <laughs> which is smart um, yeah <laughs> but um uh so it follows ronnie and she is a small town photographer on the side but she has um an extreme like she she's very interested in nature she she loves that um you know atmosphere she loves the little nature trail in the small town she she loves the small town in general because it's very natural looking. And um, um, her best friend, Quinn, who is played by my friend, Danny Parker, um, she um, she's leaving the day after the whole kind of film, the majority of the film takes place. And um, she's leaving to go do a job um, far away so she's moving away and then their other two friends one is younger um his name is Har harvey he's played by seth mullen and then there's eli who's played by seth ruby so we had two sets we called them seth on the set when <laughs> they were both on set um seth on the set yes <laughs> we would walk i in feel like that would seth on the set <laughs> that would be uh i don't know fun fun <laughs> to just like make make puns yeah <laughs> Um, it was kind of difficult. I started calling them by my, their character's name, which is like supposed to, supposedly what a, a director should be doing on set. But 
I I didn't never really did that, but like I started going, okay, um, Harvey's Seth, can you you know, or Seth mm-hmm. Mullen, or you know, stuff like that, um, just to differ- differentiate. But it got easier as we went. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Harvey was is younger. He's like kind of still figuring it out. He's experimenting. He's he's very hopeful. He's excited about life. He's just he wants to see where things uh, go. He's very you know, like, the bright-eyed, bushy-tailed type of guy. And then there's Eli, who's very much, like, practical. Um, But he still is trying to venture into stage direction and going into maybe, like, taking his play to New York. He was talking about that, stuff like that. But he is very strategic. Um, Ronnie's very unsure. She's timid. She, um, you know, wants to... She wants to be a photographer. She always thought about that, but she um, uh, she sees more stability in, um, you know, going into environmentalism and, you know, science and stuff like that, which was a, her other liking. But, you know, she was kind of accepting leaving photography behind almost. And then, you know, and then Quinn is kind of the opposite of that. She was, you know... I'm going out to get it. She's she's a go-getter. She's going straight to it. But she, she deep down has this insecurity that later comes into the film and kind of becomes the this climactic moment where Ronnie and Quinn get into an argument because Quinn gets upset with Ronnie for leaving. Uh, Ronnie decides to take a job somewhere else and therefore Quinn realizes that her safety net which was kind of something that she was leaning on it on more than she thought she was, um, is now fading. And she was very mad and resentful to Ronnie at first, but then realized that it's not that important. It's, you know, it's her life too. She's making a choice. You are making a choice and you just have to accept it and not be that afraid almost because there's, there's still hope in, you know, the, what you're doing. And, um, I wanted the four to kind of all be like the four possibilities of how you're going to react to this moment when you're going into the next phase of life. You're either very excited, hopeful, I don't, it doesn't really matter, I find happiness in wherever I am, like Harvey, or like Eli, where you're like, I'm strategic about it, I'm doing this, um, you know, I'm, I'm analytical, uh, and less, you know, emotional about it, I guess. There's Ronnie, who you're very timid. You're like, I have to just accept practicality, which is kind of how I was like in high school. And um, and then there's Quinn, who is just, I'm going to fail. That's fine. Or I might fail. That's fine. I'm willing to take that risk. I'm a risk taker. I'm not going to not see this through. But then there's also that underlying fear that still remains too, but that doesn't stop you. And I think that, like, it was cool because the, it was very well acted by the four of them. They were really talented, and I think they all executed that very well. Um, and I yeah, they, they felt like their characters. Good. Because yeah. some people you can tell, like, they're it's not, like, the right role for them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, how do you do, fellow kids? You know, you're, like, supposed to be a teenager, and you're, like, 30. But, like, <laughs> you're... You're the actors you had, like they all felt like those were like the people. Oh, good. Um, because, because I mean, it doesn't like for me, it doesn't like detract too much from it, but like, mm. um, you know, for example, if you're like college age and you're playing like a 40 year old or something, like mm-hmm. there is a bit of a disconnect there. So, like, yeah, you used your, use your, you definitely use your actors to like their like full potential. Thank you. And also, like, what you're describing too is it's, you know, it's very personal. And also like you're using your resources because you're describing when, when did you actually film this? Because that's the thing I'm trying to like keep remembering is like you were shooting this during, was this 2020? Yeah. So it was the late summer of 2020. Um, which that was like the, the worst usually like, um, I was not in a, good place at that point in time so i think that's that's a great time to like have this kind of a project yeah i i even spoke about this a little bit to my professors after handing in the project and just be like by the way i finished it (laughs) um 
which is great. Like you, <laughs> you should be proud because Thanks. as a person who can like speak from experience, like there's nothing more disheartening than like starting a project or you're about to start it. And then like this random global pandemic happens that like shuts everything down. And yeah. the fact that you, 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 and like we mentioned, you adapted and you finished it. And that to me, that's like amazing. Cause like filmmaking itself is a miracle. That's, that's the way I view it. Yeah. So the fact that you were able to like, not just continue on, but like finish it and have that moment. Like that's something that I wouldn't remember like mm. forever, you know? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for saying that. I think that, um, yeah, I, I see it that same way too. Like I was mentioning, um, to the actors who were working on it with me that like, I feel like for me, this was like kind of like an Island of just like peace and, happiness and feeling like myself again in the middle of the summer that was just absolutely like not only eye-opening but like it, it was it was definitely a struggle because you run into that how am I going to get past this type of thing like there's there was financial instability there was um like you know you were afraid for your health you know there's just so much going on um and it felt like a bit of normalcy a little bit going back on set and just being like, all right, let's get this ball rolling. And it was, it was definitely a way, like they say that movies are kind of a, an avenue for people to kind of just escape reality a little bit and just enter in a different story. And for me being on set, it was like that. I was just, I was in my, like my old reality <laughs> um before covid you know and it felt good so of course we all had masks and we were all sweating through our masks because <laughs> oh, it was yeah. the middle of summer but um at the same time it was like you know it still felt it, it felt normal and it felt good to to be with them again and um yeah and seth was new to all of us seth mullen but he my god he's he's that kid is gonna go places like i'm telling people like right now like watch out for that guy because like he 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 walked in immediately he was like because I was a bit skeptical he had um I hadn't met him before if I'm being honest I'm like yeah I was a bit skeptical of him because I I hadn't met him he was the only person who I didn't work with before and he immediately walked in and just embodied this version of that character that was completely different from what I wrote but perfect for the dynamic and I was like you're the missing link and I need you. So um, being able to get to know him too on that set and him just immediately like after like five minutes, just being everybody's best friend too. Um, that was so cool too. So it wasn't even just of a, like a little like, oh, I'm back to my normalcy. It was, it was growth. It was so much, you know, growth and, and happiness. And ugh, it was, it was a very positive time. I'm very grateful for that. Like, and no matter how the film came out, like by the time I hit post production, I was like, I, this was great. And this, I needed this, like, thank God for this, you know? Right. So yeah, it was a great time. <laughs> no, I mean, it sounds, it sounds incredible. And it's, it's, um, that's what I do love about just not even just filmmaking, but just like when you're, when you're doing creative stuff that kind of like, parallels your own kind of like inner thinkings you know because a lot of the things I, I can't speak for every writer but I do feel like a lot of the stuff that like I do for example a lot of it is kind of based on the stuff that I'm like I'm kind of current it's kind of like the current stuff yeah you know current thoughts current doubts anxieties you know etc yeah so because you mentioned you had like so this was your um this was your senior thesis project yeah and so, and you're making this story that kind of, in a way, is paralleling your story. Mm. So, did you have, was, did that tie into, like, where the idea came from? Or was this more, like, unintentional? Yeah. Um, I actually didn't want to make a story, a coming-of-age story. And I think that, like, making it a horror movie, I was trying to mask the fact that it was a coming-of-age 
And I didn't want to, I think even like going through film school, I was compared to like John Hughes a little bit and just kind of like this. It does have a John Hughes yeah. vibe because it's a lot of like, you're basically just kind of hanging out with your friends. You're all like talking and like kind of coming to terms with, yeah, you know, stuff that's happening. With life. Yeah. And I think that like, I didn't. I didn't like getting compared to that a little bit. I, I was like, no, I could be deep. I could be, like, dark and, and you know, you know, 21 Pilots-esque type of thing, like, mm-hmm. where there's an inner world in my mind and all that stuff like that. And, like, I think that um, I was fighting it so hard. And then one day I was like, especially, you know, without – the the pressures and I hate to say it because like I don't want to like put this narrative on a certain program or anything but there were like there was a lot of peer pressure that came about even from like even if it's just a specific person or like multiple people I think that when you're in an art school or a film school you're going to run into some sort of amount of peer pressure where it's like you're going to feel intimidated by this one person and feel like you need to impress them and then you fall into this loop of like trying to be impressive rather than to just tell a story and um I was fighting that urge to tell my story because I felt that it was very cheesy um but it was in the end my story to tell at that time you know I was leaving um I was leaving college I was graduating and going into another phase so it was a coming of age story it was another moment where I was coming into my age and um, I knew it was going to probably be the last time I was ever going to actually want to talk about, you know, graduating school or going to do a different job or like whatever, you know, and having that like moment where your friend group separate. Cause, uh, my friend actually asked me to like, why are you making like a coming of age story? Like a high school coming of age story. And I'm like, cause I know I'm never want to do it again. <laughs> I'm never gonna want to as like a as a 26 year old now like that's not what I'm going through right now I'm going through different and I have different stories to tell now so I don't need to go back into that but I have banana split to remind me of that time you know and I think that focusing on my now instead of trying to dive so far into my future and tell my future stories that I might go through I, I think that that really like benefiting benefited me in the end just as an artist you know not necessarily successfully but just like mentally I you know I I can look back at it now and not have a regret that I didn't do it (laughs) if that makes sense but and I'm I'm glad that you like stuck through it and like just focused on making something that's personal to you because like and in my opinion like one of the worst things you can do is like trying to make something to like impress other people yeah you know like but that's like the nature of the beast you know like filmmaking yeah you do kind of want to impress people but at the same time you you shouldn't be making something solely because you want to like impress people um it's like a it's like a i don't know conundrum it's like yeah you want to make it good and you want it to like stand out but it's like if you're trying if you're trying too hard and you can get like over your head sometimes and ambitious and then if, but if you don't quite, if you're not quite at that level and you don't quite know like what you're doing with these elements, it, it can just come across as like sloppy or forced. And yeah. so really just playing, you know, playing to your strengths and like making it personal. Like those are things that like I try to do like all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and like, there are times where you like, you do want to step outside of your comfort zone for sure. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to just make stuff that you're comfortable doing. But it's no matter what you're doing, you can still make it something that is genuine for you. Yeah. And there is a part of me that thinks you still have that spooky, dark forest like film. (laughs) You still, you know, that you haven't made yet. Oh, yeah. Whether it results in a film or whatnot, like these are these are the things that like pretty much drive you. Yeah. You know, so I wouldn't shut it off just because, oh, it'll be cheesy or it'll be like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like there's a reason that we're kind of drawn to certain things. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, I think it's good to like, not just like put those things aside. And I'm not saying that you are, but like, no, you know, no. you can always like put something down and like 
maybe pick it back up like down the road. Yeah. You know, like, and it's funny you mentioned like coming of age because like I've been drawn to coming of age stories without realizing it for like many years. Oh, wow. These are things that are universal that people get, you know? And um, so it's like, you can think about like what you're doing and like why you're doing it and like what you want to say. And for like, cause like, for example, if you wanted to do like, okay. And I will admit, I want to do a coming of age story. And the reason I want to do it is because I love those stories that are like focused on like friendship and why they're important. And like touching on things that we deal with, not even, not just as high school kids or kids in college, mm-hmm. but like it's stuff we're dealing with now. So, you know, and I'm not saying like, you need to like, like wait 10 years to make a coming of age film, but right. like it, it de- I do have to say, speaking from experience, like time and perspective definitely can make you pursue things that you maybe wouldn't normally pursue. Yeah. Um, so I just, I, I just find it interesting because like, um, as everything is, you know, like an extension of yourself. So like, um, the, and I know like, I, I don't want to like pry into like things that are like not quite there yet, but when it comes to like the stories that you do want to tell, is there like, a I don't know, is there like a certain kind of theme or is there something that you feel like you're kind of like low key exploring through the things that you're doing? Yeah, I think that, like, I'm starting to understand, like, what I want to say as an Because I don't know why, like, even kind of hopping a little bit further back about, like, you know, coming-of-age stories, I don't know why they get such a bad rep in general, though, because a lot of people are like, oh, it's not deep enough, it, you know, and they can be so deep and, like, hit you right there. Like if it if it's a story that you relate to, it can really hit you right there. And if it's told accurately, I don't know why people like genu like generally tend to like have more of a a, a beef with <laughs> with coming of age story or like John Hughes type of thing. But um, I, 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 think, I don't know either. <laughs> um, I think that like you know even learning from you know banana split experience and then going on. And, and growing up, um, I do still, I am, like, getting to know myself even further and realizing that, like, a lot of, um, uh, of, like, in, in a way, like, I, I feel like God gives us all, like, gifts, you know, that individual gifts that we're just really good at. And I think that, like, part of it is just I love making people laugh and I like being funny and joking around. And I think that my films are always going to have, like, probably not all of them are going to have this, but, like, most of my films are going to have this natural, like, comedic side to it. Um, And growing up, I'm starting to balance out that type of, like, you know, having some comedic side of a film mixed in with, like, maybe, like, a dark side you know not necessarily like dark comedy but like I, I'm always gonna have that sort of like you know hint to it or vibe a little bit in my films like I'm heavily like I, I really like Taika Waititi's type of stuff I like you know Jojo Rabbit and Hunt for the Wilder People and I like how funny it is but like you know um how serious the topics can be too at some points in time and I think that that's really interesting and engaging so um not saying I'm gonna make his films exactly like like how we've been talking about throughout the whole podcast about how like you don't want to copy other people and stuff like that but I think that watching his films for the past few years I'm starting to understand like no they're like this natural side of me of like this cheesiness and stuff like that that could be embraced and used almost definitely yeah and like it's not it's not uh something to to be you know um ashamed of in a way i guess for lack of a better word it's it's not something to be embarrassed about because I thought it was, like, a hindrance, you know, where I'm, like, oh, I'm always going to end up, like, writing some, like, silliness to it and making it a little bit goofy, and, like, if I don't like that, 
Um, there's a there's a reason for it. Yeah. You know, there's a reason you're drawn to those types of stories, and mm-hmm. it's just like the kind of stuff that you're drawn to naturally. Yeah. And it's not it's not bad to like you know look at people like Taika Waititi and like be like, oh, I want to do something kind of like that. Um, cause I think what it really comes down to is like, there's a difference between like, I want to, I want to be like the next Tarantino or whatever. So I'm mm-hmm. going to make something that's very Tarantino-esque mm-hmm. versus like, I'm going to like draw on inspiration from whoever. And I'm going to use that to kind of like make my, make my own film. Yeah. Um, cause I, you should still be trying to make it your own and not just trying to like, just, um, directly copy someone else but it's a bit more nuanced than that because you know there's the phrase that good artists borrow great artists steal and and sometimes you do need to steal ideas or steal like a thing but you shouldn't just directly take it and just like pretend it's yours you take it own it and turn it into something that you feel like a connection with yeah yeah i think that like the most that makes so much sense because like you know, I think I mentioned this earlier, where it's like, you're really missing out on, because I've seen it before, where someone intentionally tries to, like, be this type of director, and it was like, if this person, if someone were to come up to me and say, I swear this person directed it, then then I did my job, you know, but, like, you're really missing, like, it, it's such a, uh, a hindrance on, on the film, because you're really missing opportunities throughout the entire process to let the film kind of reveal itself to you as its own new thing and um kind of like its own little pioneer type of thing where um it it could be like in a brand a brand new experiment and not just a copy paste of somebody else's work and um it's it's more disappointing to see films like that in my opinion because it's like you know you don't want to you don't want to see like a film again that you already saw 10 years ago, you know? And, um, I don't know. I think my fear is like, not that other people would see me as a copier, but more so as I just missed opportunities, you know? The, the question, the, the lingering question still remains is where did the banana split? Oh yeah. Where did the banana split come from? (laughs) Where did the title come from? Because there is to kind of, to kind of jump back to your film, because I do, I, that is something I, I'm just dying to know mm-hmm. is like where did this like does the banana split does it symbolize something it's totally totally okay if it doesn't and it was just like <laughs> oh they ate a banana split in the film so we called it that but i am curious like is there something about it because obviously the film has the title yeah um i would say that it was mainly i wanted something because I grew up in a very small town, like 20 minutes outside of Detroit, so a huge city, and I grew up with this, like, stereotype that is kind of getting driven into me that the small town is what hinders your growth, and it stunts your growth, and you need to get out and then move to the city and, you know, and be the artist you truly are and stuff like that, and I, I love Detroit. I've always thought about like going there and like living there I've worked there before and stuff like that so I I don't have any like negative thing about like the city or any cities in general but I mainly lived in Wald Lake my whole life and um I never felt like I was being I was being pushed back or like pulled away from me as an artist um or being uninspired because of where I grew up. In fact, I found a lot of story there. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to make this small town kind of like this important aspect of the film where these kids grew up and that's where, you know, that's where their their team was, you know. Um, you know, I guess, yeah, team, because she referenced it as a team in, by the end of the film. Uh, but yeah, if that's where their team grew up, then they should probably have some sort of like little like signature, I guess. Um, so I decided to like have it be like, oh, that's where they get like the really nice ice cream or like whatever. 
Um, so, um, that's what, that's kind of what I did where it's like, okay, there's, there's a pier that's by the lake where you can get the best ice cream and there's a little nature, nature trail right here, you know, stuff like that. And like, you can see like the benefits of living there. And it's not just this place that you have to live until you're 18 and then you can move out and become your own person. It's like your story starts there, you know, um, where you're eating ice cream and where you're going to the lake and where you're, you know, inspired. So it's kind of like the, it's like this, the meeting place of like all these, like each character ends up kind of like congregating into this place. And it's kind of, uh, in a way supposed to mean like, this is like the beginning of like, um, this is like the beginning of like everyone's journey or like, so to speak. Yeah. But like what you're saying, I, I think it, I think it will resonate with people in the sense that we all kind of have that feeling of like, you know, the town you grew up in and like some people are very fond of like the town they grew up in, you know, sometimes you just want to get away from like where you grew up and everything. And there's a lot of movies and films where it's like, oh, nothing ever happens in this little town or this small town, you know? Yeah. And there's nothing, like, bad about... Because it's, like, it's ultimately... It's where you, like, started. Yeah. You know? And there are people that can kind of be, in a way, like, kind of stuck in their in their small town or, like, they can't really seem to, like, you know, kind of get that far out. Yeah. And I think it has to do more of, like, your growth and, like, your, you know... W- you like who you are as a person and like your your goals and whatnot so like for some people you know because like i'm sure there's plenty of people that grew up in a small town they got like a local job in the area and that's where they like raise the kids and like they're all like used to it and everything Mm -hmm. and then there's like the people that just like oh i just got to get out of here like i gotta you know move to la or like whatever and i think you're approaching it from uh a good perspective in that this isn't like a bad thing this is like it's kind of nice and whether people realize it or not you will look back on those places fondly like the places that you used to like meet up when you were young yeah and i feel lucky too because like where wald lake is located it's so close to a big city like i would say but like also uh a big city where there's like so much going on in terms of like there's there are a lot of different um people with different ideas and perspectives there's it's diverse it's artistic um it's where like motown and like you know i think classic rock is like originally born in detroit and stuff like that so like i never felt stunted by my location and where i was i've i've felt like I've gotten to to learn a lot from where I was from so growing up and hearing a lot of people just be like you have to get out of Wald Lake and you have to you have to move away so you could grow up I felt like very like I don't I don't think I'm missing anything I really like where I'm living and and everybody's friendly and and nice so like I I, and I always felt inspired like I always found a story that I can tell um in that town so um i i wanted to like do it justice and almost like uh, like have a little homage to it and just kind of like a little thanks for raising me type of uh you know underlying message in in the film too so that's why it became the location not just because it just made sense like in terms of quarantine but um that I really, I didn't want anything to kind of stop me from, like, filming in the place that I grew up. Not only because it's it's a nice location, but, like, because I just, you know, that's that's home. That's where the story took place to me. So, yeah. So, so do you think, do you think Wild Lake is going to be, like, your main? Because isn't that uh, Stephen King? I forget which town he, like, oh, yeah. grew up in, but, like, almost every... Stephen King like book or story it's like pretty much takes place in like the town I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just teasing but like no yeah I got you but um it is it is interesting that you bring up because like I don't know if I have like a like my I guess my view of like where I grew up it's like bittersweet mm. in like different ways it's like yes it was where I grew up but it's like is it where I would have chosen to grow up mm. no 
Yeah. Um, so like a lot of my stories don't actually involve where I grew up because I didn't really feel like a personal connection like you, like you have. And I'm not saying like, Oh, I'm jealous or like whatever. No, but, um, it, it just shows you that like, you know, so when people are like, Oh, move on a wall. Like, it's like, all right, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, right. cause like it, it's, it's a good thing to be in a place that you feel good in, you feel support, you have a sense of community. Mm-hmm. Like those are all really good things. And moving to a big city and then trying to figure out life is not the best, you know, way to do it for everyone. Mm. Um, you know, definitely not for me. Like, you know, I, I basically, after like 23 years, left my childhood home slash neighborhood. And I kind of felt like, and it wasn't like by choice, you know, it was kind of like I was given ultimatum and I was just like, all right, let's do it. Mm. And I kind of felt like I was pushed into the water before I learned how to swim. And it hasn't really been until about like the past, like, like I started to feel like I, I had a sense of what I was doing and then like COVID hit and that really shook things up a bit. Yeah. And then like, and I won't get super into like the past couple years. Cause like, I mean, it's been a lot, it's been a lot of really good things. I'll say like it's, it's had ups and downs, yeah. but you know, like I'm like, I'm 34 now. And like, I feel like I'm finally just at a place where I just, I feel like I'm in a good place. I'm in like a good neighborhood and I'm like, I'm starting to like thrive here. Yeah. And that's something that would have been really cool to have <laughs> as a kid growing up, you know, and, and totally I'm not jealous or anything, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to put your name in my, uh, my burn book here, but no, 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 no. <laughs> but no, I think that's something that's really special to have something like that and to think fondly of where you came from and to want to tell stories. But anyways, it just, it was just yeah. something that like connected with me. Cause like, I wish I was the kind of person that thought fondly of like, the town I grew up in but that's not the case for me but no that's totally understandable and I think that like you know everybody had a different um you know a different story or a different upbringing and um that's very important and I think that like it was just interesting to me personally because there are a lot of people who had similar upbringings you know they had a very stable um you know, family and like, you know, it was very, it was normal, you know, like for the most part. And it was just that they kind of were giving into, or some people were giving into the idea of like, oh, well, you know, I want to be an artist and, you know, being here in this environment, there's nothing to do here and all that stuff like that. And it's like, that's not true. And I, and I just wanted to like, kind of, um, you know, tell like anybody who's like, kind of like, me in that sense and you know experiencing that kind of pressure and thinking oh I need to be somewhere else you know and and I shouldn't have grown up in a small town because now I'm not uh equipped for an artistic brain you know and I and I'm not I don't have the tools for this or whatever is just not true you know and um there's just a there's something unique about everywhere that you can go you know and just like I feel like a year from now, I'm going to end up moving to a big city and being like, I retract everything I said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Can yeah. you take down that episode? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I did actually... But don't forget where you came from. That's... Yeah. That's the I even thing. I lived in Orlando for a semester and I loved it. I love Orlando. I think that it's a really cool place. Um, and it's different from Detroit or Wall Lake. And... Um, say you know i would tell people i'm from you know a small town detroit and they'd be like what's it like and i'm like i'll tell you all about it you know and like we'd go on our kayaks and we you know light off sparklers and like all this stuff like that and have barbecues but um you know i i liked that upbringing and i just wanted to kind of you know once again like represent that in the film and just be like all right this was a phase in my life and i'm proud of it and i Thanks a lot. Like a little salute to it, you know? Um, but yeah, in and going off with, with what you said, yeah, it's definitely not like, not everybody can relate to that, you know? And it's totally understandable. I think it's mainly about finding that place that is like, yeah, this is, I can see myself here, you know? And um, 
I like I like it here. <laughs> and it, it's it's not so much about oh well this will stunt your growth as an artist or you know whatever type of like nonsense that people are saying. It's about finding peace in in where you are. So yeah, I think that that was kind of the idea that I was communicating for the most part in in the manuscript. Sorry. Yeah, and I was gonna say that the I guess the the naysayers like um because the thing is it really doesn't matter like where you're at. You know, mm. we have access to like basically infinite knowledge. Especially all the time. now, yeah. Yeah, and like <laughs> lots of good resources. So like being in a certain town like is not going to like somehow hinder you. Yeah. You know that the way I see it is the only the only limitations you really have is the limitations you give yourself. Oh yeah. It's ultimately it's like it's your life and the way you you perceive things and you view the world differently than literally everybody else in the entire world. Maybe you have like similar thoughts and ideas as like other people. I mean, like that's that's common. That's that's natural. Mm -hmm. But nobody has your perspective on things. Yeah. And you come from a place of like not like, oh, this world is so, well, I, we didn't get on the topic of the world, but like, you know, I feel like you, you come from a place where like, you're not looking at things. It's just like, oh, everything's just all like bad and like negative. Like you're choosing, you're choosing to see like the good that's there, you know, the good in your town and the good in people. And, um, and I think there's really something special in that because a lot of stuff now feels very like everything's like dark and like cynical and like, there's not much hope. You know, everything's got to end with like just a downer and like, that's it. And they're like, oh yeah. But it's like, I'm at the point in my life where it's like, I've seen and like heard enough of that. And it's like, I'm at a point where I want to think about like what I'm putting out mm -hmm. and like somebody who's going to watch it, like how it's going to make them kind of like view things or like think or like whatever. Yeah. Cause you do want to think about those things. And, um, that's why, like, lately, it's, like, I want to, if I'm going to pour myself into a story, I want to have themes of, like, stuff that resonates with me, like, stories of hope, stories of healing, you know, stories of friendship, like, things like that. Because, mm. um, yes, I do think sometimes you just need to, like, you need to, you have, like, we all have, like, kind of, like, the inner darkness or, like, turmoil. Oh, and, yeah. like, sometimes you need to, like, express that and get that out. Like, you need to get your your creepy forest on. Yeah. It's like cathartic. In a it, way. it really is. But like, you, you know, you don't have to turn that into your thing, you know? Yeah. Everyone knows me as like the horror guy and like, I'm obsessed with horror and everything. And it's like, I actually like, I love to watch coming of age films. I, you know, I'm always the type that I'm sitting and I'm just like, kind of like wrapped up in my blanket and I'm just like, you know, cause it's, there's that like nostalgia factor. And like, even if I can't really relate to like, the the character or like whatnot i still relate to the idea of <clears throat> i feel like in ways we're all kind of going through like our coming of age in like different ways yeah. you know like we're all kind of coming to like these realizations in life and these moments where you look back and you're like we didn't know at the time but like that was like the last time we really like got together you know mm -hmm. And I don't want to, like, sadden you or anything, but, like, that is stuff I, like, think about when it comes to, like, projects. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't realize how special it is to have all these people together in, like, one place with a collective goal to, like, do something. And you're making memories from it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. And I think that, like, um, you know, talking about how you know, you love horror films and, but you also do love coming of age films and watching those. And, um, I think that like, you know, growing up like, and having a few years out of film school and being a professional filmmaker, I'm like starting to notice that there are so many filmmakers out there who have that same thing. It's not like a signature. And like, I think that um, your signature is a lot smaller than what people like actually make it seem like for example like when you think John Hughes you think you think like Ferris Bueller you know like 16 Candles type of thing that have similar you know aspects to it and they're very much alike each other but like you know 
with a lot, most filmmakers will have like almost like Taylor Swift moments where you have a reputation album and then you go straight into the lover album and it's just totally contradicting albums like back to back, you know? And I think that a lot of artists kind of have that um, where they're like, all right, so we're hopping on to one project that's a horror film and then tomorrow we're going to do, you know, a rom-com and <laughs> It's it's cool to like start to notice that now because it, it mentally it's giving me the freedom more to be like and and grace almost for me to be like okay yeah I'm not defining myself now I'm not you know I'm not making myself this thing I'm not branding myself for life I'm just making art and then I'm gonna move on to the next phase in my life and the next phase in my life so. And I think that noticing that in the people that you're, inspire you the most, like, for example, in terms of music, I'm obsessed with 21 Pilots. Like, that's, like, my thing. Mm-hmm. And seeing them grow up and, and really scaled and icy right after Trench and people saying, oh, they sold out to pop music and stuff like that, I couldn't disagree more because they're just it's almost like a representation of their life. And you can hear Tyler, like, you know, Tyler Joseph is a songwriter. He, um, he going from Vessel to Blurry Face to Trench and having kind of like these dark aspects of like, I'm struggling to, you know, to go through this phase in my life or I'm, this is how I'm feeling emotionally in this phase of my life. And then, you know, hearing Scaled and Icy um, and kind of understanding, you know, his personal life too and how he just had two kids and um, you know, it has been touring and, and going through very positive things in life and kind of having that being more of a representative of like a hopeful album and stuff like that. It's really cool to kind of see that. So, um, so yeah, so I think that like people should just be concerned most importantly about just let's tell a story in the best way possible and the best genre for it, you know. And not be like, oh, well, I only do horror movies type of thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And I think that, like, you're inspiring me to do that. And a lot of my friends are inspiring me to do that as well. So, yeah. And it makes you just more excited to be an artist in that sense. When you put up, when you take down the roadblocks. 